This is On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com on mypodcasthouse.com. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us. Of course, our great friends at the Race Talk. Dot com. Uh, we are powered by them and very proudly as well. Speaking of the racetalk.com, uh, sorry, the racetalk.com, Richard Crail and Mark Walker to join me in just a tick to preview what's going to be a big weekend up at Townsville this weekend for the supercars. And also, we'll be speaking to Dale Rogers, who's going to wrap up what was also a big weekend for Formula One in Austria as well. All that to come right now. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right, joining us on the line to have a chat about this weekend's big weekend in Townsville, we say g'day to Richard Crowell. Hello, Richard. Hey, Shebex. How are you? Mate, I'm fantastic. Thank you. And Mark Walker, g'day to you. Hello there. Looking forward to this weekend. Going to be large. Well, we're looking forward to it from the southern states, primarily because, once again, it's another... Warm fire days and a chance to uh, to defrost, but also we're looking forward to it. I suppose just to see whether we've got anything the same, or are we going to get anything different, boys? Well, for mine, this is the big test now for the Shell V Power Racing Team because if there's any circuit on the current Supercars Championship calendar that will favour not just the Holden Commodore but Triple Eight Race Engineering Red Bull Holden Racing Team. It's this one. They have dominated at this venue since it launched in 2009. Uh, 12 of the 21 races in that venue have been won by Triple Eight. Ten of them have been won by Jamie Winkup. So he's the only driver to win in double figures there, of course. Um, he, he absolutely crushes them. He's won two of the last three. Um, three of the last six. Van Gisbergen won two of the last six and McLaughlin. Uh, the only forward to win since 2015 when he won race one in 2017. So this is a massive test for the Shell Shell Fords, the Mustangs. It's going to be a big weekend for them. If they can continue to roll on their merry way, and there's no reason to expect that they won't, uh, championship all but over. But if there's a bit of a fight back this weekend from the Red Bull cars, then I'm looking forward even more to seeing how the second half of the year plays out. But I'd like to believe that there can be a fight back this weekend. Rich, thanks for stealing the stats. That's that's cool, bro. Don't, don't worry about it. It's all good. We um, really need to plan this better before we start recording, don't we? That's <laughs> fine. Hey, but don't forget, Scotty McLaughlin had the race win there on the Saturday back in 2017. So it's not mm. as if it's been a complete whitewash. He does know his way around there. He can get a win. The thing to keep in mind for this weekend is that Townsville, out of every circuit on the calendar, is the hardest on suspension. It puts the most yeah. pressure on the dampers and all that. So you need to have that sorted. That has been the weak link for Triple Eight this year, hasn't it? Their whole uh, the whole single sprinting has it. It hasn't just been working out for them. So this weekend's going to be the test, isn't it? You know, it's their home ground. They've had twelve wins over the years there. Bangus has chimed in with a couple as well. Lambsy never had a win there. He had a heap of podiums, but he he never got up for a race win. So you know. Triple Eight's a happy hunting ground, but it's definitely going to be a test for them as much as it's going to be a test of the Shell Ford. It certainly is going to be a test for them. It's going to be a test for Michael Caruso as well, who finds himself back in a supercar. How do we expect he's going to roll out first up? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That's a, 
a tough question to ask um, and, and a tough one to really know because um, there's no real form guide and that's a team struggling for direction and struggling for raw speed, to be brutally honest, and we've touched on this in the last couple of weeks. So uh, maybe someone with the experience of Michael Caruso will help that team and, and it'll be a learning learning thing for everybody involved, but uh, Caruso hasn't driven uh, a huge amount of cars this year, so he'll be... Uh, very, very keen to get back behind the wheel. He's been practicing his podcasting skills with Davey Reynolds and their um, Below the Bonnet podcast, but that's about all he's been doing. So uh, it's a big weekend for everyone involved in that, that enterprise to get him behind the wheel. I, I'd like to find out more about what's actually going on with Richie's back because it, it must be worse than it was originally let on, obviously, for him to be sitting out this weekend. And um, it's pretty serious now to, to have missed... Well, this will be the second full weekend he missed the Sunday race at Winton, which now seems like quite a long time ago as well. And as Mark touched on, she's a pretty demanding old place, Townsville. There's 13 corners jammed into under three Ks, a lot of curb use, uh, heavy braking, lots of uh, lots of lateral movement. So not a good place to go racing if you've got a dodgy back. So no surprises that he's sitting that one out if it is that bad. But good to Caruso. Um, looking forward to seeing how he goes. And, Again, it'll be interesting to see if it's another step forward for, for that team based on some of the quietly impressive performances I think that Chris Pitt has been putting in while filling in in that car over the last two weekends. Do you think he's going to disrupt, disrupt things there, Rich? That's what it's all about, disruption over there at GRA. Well, it is, allegedly. So if he disrupts his way into the top 10, then yeah, absolutely, some serious disruption. That'll be a, a very disruptive act based on that team's form so far. Do you notice that they've put his name on the front windscreen of the car this time. Well, that's a nice touch. <laughs> and that made our power rankings at Hidden Valley. That, yeah, they did. They did. Because we gave them a clip, and justifiably so, for poor old Christy missing out on the windscreen banner. Uh, got, the, got the side windows, didn't get the window banner. So uh, well done, GRM. And once again, the racetalk.com's power rankings prove their uh, significant influence in the sport. Um, we've had telecommunication company told at Winton and now we've incited change at GRM we believe in our minds anyway. Oh, we'll take credit for it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, a bit of yeah. a number change for Fabian Coulthard. Can it be a luck change for Fabian? Uh, does he need a luck change? No, he's nah. coming along all right. But no, he's not going he's he's to win okay. the championship though, is he? No, but neither is anybody else, Shebeck. So no, I think... As long as he finishes second uh, and plays the team role for that team, because once once the championship's locked away, the other um, key for that outfit, obviously, is to reclaim that team's title that they didn't get last year, so they want pit priority for next year, that primo position at the very end of pit lane. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's all Fabian has to do. I, I don't think he needs a luck change. He's been quite strong. Uh, over the last couple of weekends and, and goes well on street circuits. So, no, he should be fine. So they're running the triple three there in reference to their sponsorship. Yes. If you could pick any number, what would you go for? I'd go for eight, eight, nine. So you just one better than triple eight. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm a partial to numbers with a zero in front of another number because I go after oh. Brockman. So, uh I know a lot. The old 05 was a classic, but uh, there's a zero one in NASCAR, I think, for a while. But I reckon you'd go, you'd go the double zero again. That was uh, that was pretty good. 
Point five? Do we, do we we had a point we had a zero point five didn't we? Well, that was that was Brock initially. Yeah. That was why he ran uh, ran the zero five. It was point point zero five. Can, for can the, you just correct, can you just run fraction? One third. Like five eight. Graham Rahal in IndyCar Racing sponsored by Fifth Thirds Bank. Now, why your bank's called Fifth Thirds anyway, I don't know. Because America, apparently, but he's sponsored by that. I don't know why he hasn't run the old fraction number on the Rahal uh, IndyCar. Anyway, we digress. Exactly. Hey, guys, we're expecting to see the uh, calendar uh, possibly handed out this weekend uh, for 2020. That's what all the, be- the talk's been about. Have we heard any whispers about what may or may not happen? I think the last time we spoke about this, the uh, the talk was that Winton and Phillip Island could be off the uh, the calendar for 2020. Any further developments on that? Well, not not that we know, but uh, and I don't, I'm not sure we'll get it. I don't know. I think they want to wait till they've got all ducked in a row to announce everything in one big hit and go, here's the calendar, here's what we've got planned for the rule changes for next season as far as tech regs go. Um, I think the the sticking point for any announcement so far has been making sure that the Queensland deal with the government, which is one of the more key arrangements Supercard has, is done and dusted. So Gold Coast, Ipswich and Townsville all up at the end of this year. Ipswich, you can take a leave, uh, but... You've got to pin down Townsville and you've got to pin the Gold Coast down for another couple of years. Then everything slides in around that because there's deals in place for most of the other events for at least a couple of years. So those Queensland rounds are critical. I don't think we'll see anything until those deals are done. Now, they may have been done in the interim since it was last reported and we may get an announcement this weekend. But if we don't, it wouldn't surprise me that it happens in QR in a couple of weeks' time. Actually, looking at AVL's story today, motorsport.com, uh, it sort of had a bit of a speculation piece there on what the calendar might look like. It appears to be two in March, yep. Adelaide and the Grand Prix, and then pretty much one a month uh, going through. So fairly spaced out calendar next year with 14 events. So uh, it seems to think that Winton will go by the wayside, which is a shame, which we talked about, because it's a good round. It's something different. Yeah. It's a bit rural. It's, uh, it gets the punters in there. So it'll be interesting to see if that one stays on the calendar or not. If it's uh, mm. if it's two in March and one a month from there, that only gives us around about ten or eleven events. That's a that's a big cutting of the of the, uh, uh, the championship. Well, you'd have a couple in October with Bathurst okay. and the Gold Coast. Even that though, even if it only I, came down to be a couple of, yeah. even if it only came down to twelve, say thirteen events for the year, do we need more events in the calendar? Well, but it's not going to. It's going to be fourteen maximum. There, there's got to be a balance between. Cutting cost, and, and one of the biggest cost savings they can do is take events out because it costs money to turn laps, so the less laps you do, the less money you're spending. But at the same time, they've got a TV deal that's ongoing that they need to service, and there'll be requirements for airtime in that deal, so there's going to be a minimum amount that they'll have to fill in terms of events and live live coverage because that's what drives Fox Sports in particular and Channel 10 to a lesser extent paying for the rights. So... Um, but, but you don't want to go any less than that because you need that consistency in the calendar. And I think that's what they're trying to do is, you know, when it, if there's a, a race every three weeks or a race every two weeks or every four weeks or whatever it might be, then I think they're trying to find that consistency. It's never going to be perfect, especially if you jam a big break in the middle. But 
one of the, the the better things about Grand Prix racing is that Formula One's traditionally it's been a race weekend off, race weekend off, race weekend off for most of the middle of the season. So you can pick your Sunday nights to sit on the couch and watch a GP. So I think that's what they're angling for. I don't think it'll be any less than four teams because well, what, what other events are you going to call there? The other ones are either government funded mm. or they're paid for by promoters and they're money makers for the sport. So, uh, yeah, good, good luck finding events to, to take out of the calendar. Well, one thing I find interesting, Rich, is that so the Winton weekend, that was a bit of a trial of the two-day format, but they didn't do mm. it very well because everyone stayed there Thursday night anyway. Like all the yeah. teams travelled down Thursday morning. There's no real cost savings to be had there and then they hung around for a ride day on Monday or Tuesday. So... Yeah, I think they sort of did that fairly poorly. Like, if they did that properly, there'd be some proper cash to be saved in having shorter formats around the countryside at, at some of the permanent circuits, say. But, um, yeah, dropping rounds, that's interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a pro and a con for the the two-day thing. And, and I was talking to the Vanilla Auto Club who co-promote the event about it. And they, they didn't like it very much because it's it's potential revenue from a Friday that they lose because people aren't going to rock up to the track if the supercars aren't running. So people, as you said, Mark, people are there anyway. Run them in the afternoon. So people can come up from Melbourne at midday so they don't have to be there Thursday night if they're smart about things. Run the cars for a session at like 3.30 on Friday afternoon. That's your lead into Fox Sports. Um, you could do an enduro driver session, the co-driver car for whatever you want to do. Um and then and then lead into it. So if you're going to be there anyway, you may as well run the cars because it's not a massive extra expense given all your people are there, your cars are there, the setup's there, TV broadcasting's already good to go. You may as well just send it and actually get the cars on track and then the promoter's got at least something to go and sell on that Friday when otherwise it'd just be support categories like it was at Winton. Yeah, fair, fair enough too. Uh, concerts and entertainment are always fantastic. And Townsville, Richard, we get to see uh, Ice House again. Yeah, going to Ice House Saturday night, cracking. Uh, I can take a leave killing high and It's not a fond memory from my 90s with them. But uh, uh, I really enjoy Ice House. One of Australia's great bands are playing Sunday night. We saw them, Chebec, Adelaide 500, I'm going to say. Yes, we did. Three years ago now. Yeah, about that. Uh, and they were... Absolutely superb, and will be again this weekend. I have no doubt. It's a cool event, though, Mark, isn't it? Like, it's got it's got that Adelaide vibe with the the parkland section of the circuit, uh, spectator hills, so you can sit back on the grassy banks and watch the cars go around. Towns was a pretty cool city. Everything's close. Weather's good. This ticks a lot of boxes as a good one on the calendar in my my world, anyway. Yeah, it's interesting. It's always in school holidays because the racetrack there is built around a school, so they can't exactly uh, run at mid-term because it'd be quite a distraction. I- I'd appreciate it, but I'm sure the teachers <laughs> wouldn't. But uh, cool town, good place to visit. Uh, they've had a bit of a tough time of it lately with the floods and whatnot up there. I wonder what sort of effect that will have on the weekend, whether people have sort of gotten over that because it was sort of six months ago the flood happened up there. So... Um, yeah, they've had a bit of a tough time, so hopefully we get a good turnout. I'm, uh, I'm ashamed to say that I'm a Townsville 400 virgin. Whoa. So hopefully wow. I won't be by the end of the weekend, but... Whoa. Yeah. Well, Now, now here's, here's random trivia that I recall. 
Have you not done cricket in Townsville, Shebeck? Do I do I recall that correctly? Have you done cricket up there before? I, don't, I have done cricket, yes. I've been to Townsville before. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a Townsville yeah, 400 go. virgin. Ah, yeah, right. Oh, that'll be, uh, that'll be good. Well, it Off will be good because for, good. for so long it's been touted as one of the events of the year. It won numerous awards, didn't it, on uh, Supercar Awards Nights and the like. So I'm really looking forward to finally seeing what it's all about. It's a good one. It, it's that regional city vibe that, that works so well. That's why Newcastle works um, because they don't get anything else really. So, so um, but it's good. And, and yeah, there's a, I believe there's a pit lane function or party description mm-hmm. on a Thursday night that Supercars are putting on as a bit of a fundraiser and a, uh, a thank you for everyone who's helped out for the Townsville flood. So that's going to be a, a cool thing. Um, but there, there's a bit going on up there now. The, the new stadium for the Cowboys is well under construction, mm. and that's just next door to the circuit. So keen to see how that's progressing. And then there's the the restaurant strips down in in the city itself, which are only a couple of k's from the circuit, and uh, always nice to go out and have a cool, refreshing beverage of an evening and uh, yeah. be brief it'll, after the day's events. It'll be good, Rich, when that stadium's built because hopefully it brings a bit more of that nightlife and activity down mm. towards where the racetrack is. Yeah. It sort of it links that gap between the, the city heart and where the race circuit is. Maybe they yeah, could have a special so it, stage it, in there. Well it'd be it'd be good if you could you could watch a Cowboys game on the Friday night of the supercar oh. event and find some tie, wouldn't it? Oh, fantastic. I mean that that would make sense. Fox Sports already got all their gear up there anyway, so from a broadcasting point of view, I'd imagine you could find some savings there. It'd but just be convenient well, for Jess Yates. Well, it would be, absolutely. She'd pop over and host the rugby every night. Um, but I'd, it'd, be, it'd be good fun, and, and you'd guarantee a sellout because all the people out there for the supercars would probably go over and watch the, the footy of a, of a Friday night or a Saturday night. And it'd, be, um, it'd be worth looking at when that's up and running. I agree with you, though, and, and hopefully it does generate some some links between the CBD and, and the racetrack. It's just a little bit too far out now for it to be a walk, at least for someone in my peak state of physical fitness. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see them link together and a few more things out closer to the racetrack. Richard, Mark, always great to catch up with you. I look forward to seeing you in the next couple of days up there in Townsville. Uh, did you want a winner, Shebeck? Sorry, mate. You normally, you normally ask who we think you're going to win. Oh, do I? Yes, well, let me. Well, I just thought it was a fait accompli, but I'll ask it anyway. Who's going to win? No, I I think uh, I think Jamie Wincup's going to win. Oh, there you go. There you go, Mark. uh, Once you pick Uh, yourself up off the ground. Well, I I don't know what to say anymore. Um, Motorsports is going to be the winner for sure. (laughs) Of course. but more precisely, probably Scott McLaughlin, maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. Yeah. I, I think I think yeah. you I think you're right. I think there's going to be a combination of both. How's that? Like a one eight. Yeah, sit on the fence, mate. That's fine. It's a funny world we live in when you're shocked that someone picks Jamie Winkup to win a supercar race. Yeah, it is. You're right. Absolutely right, boys. Like uh, enjoy the trip up there. Catch you in a day or two. Richard Crowell and Mark Walker from theracetalk.com right here on The Grid. This is On The Grid on mypodcasthouse.com. All right, joining us on the line now to have a chat all about everything that's happened in the world of Formula One on the weekend, we say g'day to Dale Rogers. G'day, Dale. 
Tony, how are you, mate? Mate, I'm fantastic and finally great to see someone else win a win uh, win a race in Formula One. Yes, what a difference a week makes, Tony. The uh, we were all lamenting the French Grand Prix was the end of Formula One as we knew it, and then we went to Austria and they turned on a blinder. Um, so it's funny how this sport turns around, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. It was Max Verstappen who got up in the end. I uh, had to feel a little bit sorry, I thought, for Charles Leclerc and the Ferrari. He had a cracking weekend all the way through, of course, taking pole and the like, but just couldn't finish it off. No, there's interesting things that have come out of the uh, over the weekend or since the weekend, Tony, and, and he was asking quite early on, could he actually turn the engine up to try and gap a little bit? Because obviously they know on strategy where people are going to pop out and who's pitting and roughly what the pit times are. It's all fairly scientific, of course. And they wouldn't let him do it. They were concerned in a number of factors. The heat was an issue. Uh, McLaren, uh, sorry, Mercedes actually opened up bodywork on their car uh, to, to allow more cooling. So Leclerc was, was not necessarily a sitting duck, but I don't think anyone anticipated the speed of which um, Verstappen would catch him. And also Verstappen strategically pitted later, so his tyres were in better shape. But a storming drive from uh, from Max Verstappen, you just couldn't take anything away from him. He, he drove brilliantly. He got a terrible start, um, was down about seventh or eighth place, but really came back extremely well. It was a, it was one of the drives that I think has probably saved Formula 1 this year for a lot yeah. of fans. I think one of the great things was uh, a stat just before the start of the race where it said it's the youngest front row ever in the history of Formula 1. And Max Verstappen at 21 years of age, a couple of Grand Prix wins under his belt now, and one would say probably that was his greatest. Yes, I think that's right. Isn't it funny that uh, you know he's, he, the win last year there he was acclaimed as well at, in Austria? So doing it in uh, in your uh, in your boss's uh, own circuit's probably not a bad thing for your career. But he certainly did a great job. But I think Tony, one of the things that really has come out of the weekend is, and, and I guess from a sporting point of view, my analogy would be that we've seen the AFL now refer to uh, uh, the, the, the 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 goal review or the score review almost every time something's mm. happening and you're almost at the point of saying look let the game go I mean they're now saying it's to touch the ball 60 metres away from the goal they're going to ping it I, I saw a, a disturbing trend on the weekend and, and unfortunately it came from Charles Leclerc when he got out of the car his immediate reaction was that we'll let the stewards, the stewards decide and that to me is really disappointing this guy is a very young he will be a world champion there's no question about it he's got everything going for him and yet even he has been built into this area where the stewards will decide the result of the race. You know, he raced very well. The Stappen raced brilliantly. They, they are all karting foes. You can't tell me they haven't banged wheels in karting before. Yeah. Um, Max did a dive bomb up the, uh, the inside. He was completely alongside Leclerc as they turned. And yes, he certainly he fed him a, a little bit and pushed it. didn't push him off. But he, they both ran fairly wide. It was an aggressive move. But Tony, isn't that racing? Isn't that what we'd love to see? How can the stewards, you know, three hours later, the stewards um, still uh, pontificating on whether it was the correct move? This is something that the sport really has to address. Yeah, it certainly does, Dale. And I think the from watching the reports on uh, on social media and the the thoughts of people who who understand the sport a little bit better than I do, I felt that had it have gone either way people may have accepted the decision. It wasn't one of those ones where, and we've seen the last few races, where there's been clear cut, uh, this is the decision that people expected to happen. 
I think it, had this have gone either way, I don't think people would have minded on this one. It was sort of a bit 50-50. Yeah, but I mean, it, 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 you're right, Tony, it was. But the, the real issue for me is that, that is the time. if he had a, if he had a, you know, it was a few laps to go. I mean, they're racing right at the end of the race. He's come from nowhere, through back through the field. He's, he's had a couple of goes at him. He sized up where his weakness was and then did a really good move up the inside. I mean, Leclerc left a bit of room and he said he left him room. Well, he's left him room. Close the car over. Sit in the middle of the track and don't let him go up the inside. Very different if Max had a plowed on the back of his back wheel and spun it. No question about it. But, I mean, they hit they hit front wheel to front wheel. I mean, you, they're alongside each other for God's yeah, sake. I, I just, I, I really think that it's, that this this instant um, instant deferral to a, a steward's decision is particularly for young racers. It's going to mean that oh, I don't know if I can do that because I might have to go and see the stewards. And, and I remember Russell Ingle, Tony, going on about this uh, at length to say, you know, I'm at the point now. I don't even know what I can do. I don't know where I can put the car. You know, if I'm if I dive up the inside in, in when he was still driving, uh, not only with with Stone Brothers but with with Morris, um, you know, I'm going to face the stewards didn't worry him he did it anyway but for him to question this this some years ago i think it's a real it's a real issue that in, in our society today that everything's got to be by the rule book and formula one shouldn't be over governed it should it should be a race and i mean you know the Stappen made the point he said if if you get pinged for this we should all pack up and go home yeah and and that is the comment of the weekend for mine but some other interesting stories come out of that we've obviously we've covered that off uh Leclerc, Dominated the weekend, did a great job in qualifying. Really, really, he looked on top of every session. Did a particularly good job. The Mercedes, yeah, they they did not seem as though they were on top of it, did they? It's they not their, it's not their track, behind. though, is it, Dale? They've had problems no, here in the past. No, yeah, it's for sure. And the uh, the really, the, the, they they definitely normally have a massive downforce advantage, and it really was reduced at this track. Now, whether that's altitude, whether that's the shortness of the lap, um, I don't know, but they certainly the field, the, they came back to the field. You know, I don't, I don't think any of any of the other teams did anything that they they weren't able to do. But Mercedes definitely came back a bit. And uh, the other, I guess, the other thing, Tony, this this track, we we went from a, a circuit of Paul Ricard where you could drive off um, uh, through the varying colours of, of uh, Asheville mm. for about four hundred metres and not hit anything. To a track that uh, I think has done a, a, a sensational job on saying, if you go off the track, you're going to get penalised. Yeah. And for the teams to be complaining about uh, damage bills to, for carbon wings and under trays and, and, and things breaking on cars, well, their driver's too far off the track yeah. <laughs> in reality. And perhaps what it is, you know, one of the one of the comments from the weekend, one of the, 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 the pundits said over there that if that was a concrete wall, they would not be anywhere near it. And Martin Brundle made a, made a very good uh, analogy when he went round past Turn Five there, which has uh, a ripple strip, and then it goes straight to a gravel trap. And he said the difference is at this corner, and that's a very fast flowing corner to be fair, but they do use the curb. He said you don't see too many guys popping their wheels over into this area here to get an advantage because it's it's a gravel trap. Yeah. And yet, round the, the last two turns. The wheels were the whole cars were off the track, and, and you know, surprise, surprise, they're hitting the the the, the sawtooth curves, then hitting the uh, uh, the yellow baguettes and ripping the cars to pieces. Well, it's funny that in the race you saw very little of it. In the race, they were pointing the car exactly where it should go. So, 
I'm all for those things on the track. I actually think they 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 define where the track is without having the silly track limits of getting pinned for a, a penalty. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things there. I actually think there are a lot of things that came out of the weekend that uh, hopefully may set us up for a uh, some good races to come. But uh, can't take it away from Max. That was that was one of the drives of the year, wasn't it? No, it definitely was. Uh, frustration for Sebastian Vettel while his teammate. Charles Leclerc had a fantastic weekend for Sebastian. It was anything but. And there was a sense of when he hopped out of his car in qualifying and went around and patted all his crew on the back and, you know, thanks. There was a sense of defeat or or acceptance of defeat from Sebastian as if, oh, yeah, what can I do? It was really weird. Normally you would see him with a bit more frustration, but this was like, oh, it's happened all bloody year. It's just going to continue to happen. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. The, the pneumatic airline problems the car just would not fire. Um, so I guess what you know, your mindset is that he had a car that could have been on the front row, um, should have been on the front row. Uh, certainly, even if Leclerc was quicker, he was definitely you know two or three. And then to start tenth uh, on a track that's you know just over a minute and a bit round, um, I guess he was a bit down. But uh, to be you know, I, I, I was impressed with him. Coming straight up to see Leclerc at the end of the race, I thought that was something that you know it showed a bit of heart for him, which was good. Something I don't think we've seen a lot of of uh, tell. But uh, yeah, it wasn't a great weekend, was it? And nor was it a great weekend for uh, for our man. Um, oh. Just the Renaults looked all at sea, didn't they? Was, uh, we, I was watching the uh, early practices, and they were you know, they were they were both sitting inside the top ten. I thought, well, that's about right enough. If if, if the, the top three teams, and then you're battling with McLaren, you're sort of seventh and eighth and ninth, and every time. A new session came further down the timesheets. They tumbled, yeah, and uh, they just never looked like they were even remotely going to damp- going to um, uh, attack the top ten. Uh, even with grid penalties, Daniel went up a couple of spots. It still didn't help him. So a, a dismal weekend for Renault for sure. It certainly was, uh, yeah, a, a difficult weekend for Daniel, and uh, one that we expected that he'd have throughout the season. It wasn't going to be an easy one for him. There's no doubting that. Uh, where do we go to next, up? We're off to Silverstone, uh, Tony, uh, on the 12th and 14th of July, two weeks away. Um, and I guess this is going to be, this will define whether Mercedes just had a hiccup or not because uh, that track has definitely been a Mercedes playing ground, you know, big power circuit, long straights, long, long loaded corners. Um, great event, sold out apparently from what we hear. Uh, no, that's, really, well, that's really good. good that that's, that's great. And uh, yes, I, I think, will, will the status quo return? Um, You'd sort of hope not. You'd hope that, that what we've seen in Austria could be carried on a bit. Uh, and then there's some pretty you – know, then we've got a, a, a very fast uh, turnaround from there. We've been to, uh, to Germany and then to um, um, the Hungaroring. So mm-hmm. we're three, three races uh, up in, in, the, in, the, in July, so it's going to be very busy. But, yeah, I think the British one will, will probably tell us whether Ferrari have found a bit of form uh, whether, or the Mercedes will, will sort of – Take the hiccup and uh, and strike it on, but uh, it, it, what it's done, I think, in the weekend, it's 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 definitely put a bit of spice back in the in the series. Uh, I think the, the the people who were were you know signing it off, uh, you couldn't help but enjoy that race. It was it was a, a great, really good event, and uh, you know it, it was highlighted by two, as you said, two young guys, uh, uh, really really coming of age. I think. Yeah, it certainly was. Dale, always great to catch up with you, mate. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, too, Tony. Have a great weekend in Townsville. Certainly will. Dale Rogers joining us here on The Grid.
Thanks for joining us again, folks. Really do appreciate it. As always, of course, this has been On The Grid, powered by theracetalk.com. And if you've got an opportunity to, tune into our other podcast on the turnbuckle. Nick Berry, our special guest this week. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next week. Till then.